And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague. Hey, welcome in. Back to the Futures here. Brandon Sprague, Lucy Burge, BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you find your podcast. Thanks for tuning in live to us. Lucy Burge, of course, our BetQL family does exceptional work. Find her on Twitter at Lucille Burge and all her great content. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Sprague. We have got a loaded show for you, but happy Sunday evening, Lucy. How has the sports weekend treated you? Happy Sunday evening. This is a great evening because Coach K's career is over. Finally, for weeks, we have been saying, is tonight the night? Is tonight the night we're going to have Coach K's funeral? Is this going to be it? And now here it is. We can finally put his career to rest and never have to see any of Coach K ever again, except for maybe a documentary here or there. But never again do we have to watch him coach a Duke game, which is fantastic. So watching that UNC Duke game was an absolute delight. The last two minutes or so, heart attack city. But UNC pulls it off in the end. So that was a phenomenal game to watch. That is everything you want from March Madness right there. And we got it. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the documentary. Uh, it should be noted that cameras, I guess, have been following Coach K all season long. So, of, of course, course that have. documentary is going to become an HBO or Showtime or something. And we'll have the last go around for Coach K. I couldn't have been more delighted. I don't know if there's anything that could have happened to me Saturday night that could have topped the feeling I had of watching Coach K end his career uh-huh. in a loss against UNC in the Final Four. The so Tar good. Heels... The Tar Heels, Lucy, were plus 10,300 on Selection Sunday, and now they've become the fifth eight seed to get to a title game in NCAA tournament history. Uh, thanks to Zach for that uh, good little uh, stat. And then, yes. Lucy, the last eight seed to win it all, 1985 Villanova Wildcats, UNC a four-and-a-half-point favorite last night. The over-under was 150-and-a-half, and UNC was plus 170 on the money line. Just a remarkable game. And you said the last two minutes, and I don't disagree with you. I'll throw it. I'll throw a caveat in that. I thought the entire second half, because the first half was good, it was close, it was low scoring, but I thought the entire second half. I mean, Mannix hitting a three with nine minutes to go, and I'm thinking, oh, this is huge. There's nine minutes to go in the game. It felt like every possession in that second half was the most pivotal possession because of the rivalry, because of what was on the line, and because of how evenly matched those two teams were. Exactly. And because it's Coach K's last game and you're thinking he's going to go out on a loss and they're like, oh, maybe he won't now. Oh, maybe he will. Maybe he won't like that back and forth. And then I marked this down because at 1033 p.m. last night, which was maybe 15 or so minutes before the game ended, uh, our clock wise, not the the basketball clock wise, but the odds at BetMGM for each to advance to the national championship, North Carolina minus 185, Duke plus 140. So completely flipped. And that's when you're like, okay, this could this actually could happen. And Coach K will have to walk off a loser at the end of this game, which he did. And then they had Coach K's last huddle when he was huddling. And they said, oh, this could be the last huddle with this team. And it's like, yeah, you get all pumped up like his last huddle. And it was finally his last huddle with that team. I think, Lucy, uh, one, one thought that went through my mind at the very end of it when Caleb Love hit that three and put them up for 78 to 74, I think it was about 27 to 30 seconds to go, somewhere in that range. And that was going to kind of ice it. 
I was wondering how upset the execs of CBS were that that game was on TBS. Yes, because exactly. Everything, everything about this tournament, and we've talked about this last week, and everything about that game yesterday was Coach K, Coach K, uh, Coach K. And when Duke went up by six, when they went up by seven, hell, we had 20 lead changes in this game. It had a real feel that everybody on that broadcast, you had Grant Hill, former Dukey, you had Jim Nance, lifelong you know, Coach K fan. Every camera shot was going to K. It felt like they were kind of openly, without saying it, rooting for Krzyzewski to get that storybook ending in terms of going to the championship and beating his hated rival in North Carolina. Caleb Love hitting that shot, uh, just unbelievable. He finishes with 28 points. He had zero points the first 15 minutes of that game. Zero points, Caleb Love. And just unbelievable after that, UNC again, four and a half point dogs. If you bet him on the money line, that was the way to go at plus 170. And now North Carolina has found themselves in the championship. But I add this before we dive into the championship stuff, and we'll get to some NFL over-unders as well, talk a little baseball. And, of course, the Masters is coming up. Um, I, I know they have a championship to play for tomorrow, Lucy. I'm wondering if you're a rival, can it get any better than that for North Carolina Tar Heel fan? As crazy as it may seem to say out loud, you have a chance to win a championship tomorrow. And I feel like no matter what, Carolina fan is going into the offseason as happy as can be because it's the first time they played Duke in the tournament. They beat him. It's Coach K's last game. They beat him. They beat Coach K at Cameron his last game. They trounced him. And now you get to go to the championship as an eight seed. I feel like they're just, it's all gravy for them at this point. Oh, a thousand percent. They've already won. They won their national championship right there. I mean, and then so going back to it being on TBS, I thought of this last night because I used to watch a lot of Everybody Loves Raymond on TBS growing up. And their slogan was always funny. uh, TBS's slogan. And that game was hysterical. That goes right into their slogan of always funny because I laughed at the end. So it made me laugh. So thank you, TBS, for that. So I thought it was appropriate that that game was on TBS because it was an absolute joy to watch Coach K lose that game. But UNC has to have, they must be flying high right now. There is nothing they can do. Even winning the national championship would be the ultimate cherry on top of all of this. But the Sunday is already created. Like they are already set. Like they should have a parade anyway. They should have a Coach K pinata. (laughs) They should just do a parade at the end. Just have, make up the shirts that were like, we are Coach K champions like we beat him like it no matter what if they lose the national championship uh then they should do something like that even so because they have absolutely it's like the red sox beating the yankees in 2004 it was almost i mean it was better than winning the world series in 2004 because you beat your rival that's it right there that's all you need and unc beating duke that's the money right there the championship is now actually, I, I feel sorry for them almost because now when they win the championship, it's not a letdown, but it's not as exciting as beating Duke. So they're already past the most exciting part. So maybe the pressure is also off. So maybe that's in their favor because now pressure's off. We can just you know play with, with confidence and not as much pressure. So maybe it'll help them against Kansas actually. Did you, did you happen to see the images out of Chapel Hill after that game? I, I saw some of them. I mean, it it looked like, I mean, we'll get to the championship matchup with Kansas, and we'll talk very briefly about that game because Kansas-Villanova was an absolute dud. And thank Snooze God that fest. UNC, 
just a, a Total big snooze fest. fest. You forgot that game even happened no. because they're also at the same time showing Coach K stuff and they, as they were doing before, where it was completely trounced by overtime games. But this time they were like, no, we're going to make sure we get all the Coach K footage on television and thank God for them that that game was so boring that they were able to get all the Coach K stuff in before the Duke game. But yeah, that game was a disappointment and you forget it even happened, honestly. I, um, I, I was kind of on the edge of my seat, not only because I, you know, I grew up watching college basketball and there wasn't so much to brag home about out here in the, on the West coast with Oregon or Oregon state, but you know, you watch ESPN national college basketball growing up and it's UNC Duke. And I just gravitated towards UNC and I became one of millions of people that hated Duke, hate watched Duke, always wanted to see Duke lose. And to, to be able to, take kind of all of that in and watch that guy who's coached there largely since I was about five years old, have to end his career with a loss in the final four against that rivalry. I mean, there, there was nothing better. It made me completely forget that Kansas Villanova even played that game. <laughs> and I'll say this, I, I was on the edge of my seat because Lucy, there were moments like Baycott gets, gets in foul trouble, right? They started calling some fouls on our, on Davis. Like I was starting to feel like if you even breathed on Duke, it was going to be called a foul. And I was right. going in prototypical, you know, sports fan. Hey, it's rigged. They want Coach K. They want Duke to win. Bancaro was fantastic last night. Wendell Moore hit a few big shots. But it, it just, it had a feel there for a minute in the second half that Duke was getting all of the calls. I mean, it, it invoked every emotion of a sports fan that I've had in quite some time. And I'll say this, college basketball's had some great endings. Look no further than Villanova UNC a few years ago, a walk-off shot at the buzzer to win a championship. It doesn't get better than that. But I do think what we saw yesterday, Lucy, was one of the best uh, NCAA tournament games in history. I mean, to, to see those two teams square off in the tournament's great. To add the Final Four, to add Coach K's last game, and to make it so close. I was on UNC plus four and a half all week because it's a rivalry. You don't want to overlook that aspect of it. And North Carolina had trounced them. But we had talked on this show a week ago. Didn't it feel like Duke might be playing the best and the most positioned to win the championship? And as worried about that as I was, watching North Carolina be able to respond to being down to Duke late, I, I, I found it I, just thrilling. It was captivating television. That's exactly what it was. And it's, it was the perfect March Madness game because that's why they call it, even though it's April now, it's, that's why they call it March Madness because of games like that. And that's exactly what you want if you are a TBS or a CBS or whoever's broadcasting the game and as a fan, because that game, when your heart is just bursting out of your chest and you can't believe what is happening, there are moments where you, you can't believe this is how it's going to go down. And then it does. That's, that is the gravy right there. That is right where you think, okay, this is why I watch college basketball. And that game reminds you of it. But do you think that was the worst loss of coach K's career with Duke? Oh, it, not? it's not even, it's not even close. He's lost okay. in a championship set. It's not even close. That is the to worst UNC loss of his career. For yeah. his last Last game of his whole career where the, all the buildup, like, oh, it's coach. Let's, let's let him win the championship. Just nope. UNC is like, not today, sir. We are going to take you down. And that's, this is why I have some, some thoughts about whether or not he could Tom Brady this and come back for another year at the last minute. You and, think he's going to come back because of that loss? 
Well, okay. So if you, if you look at it, okay. So okay. coach K he's been coaching for decades and this is his last game with Duke. And this is, he is the star and he wants to go out on top to finish this historic career on top. And that's how he goes out against UNC with a loss like that. And I don't know, but Brady kind of ended the same way when he retired, then unretired. So look at coach K maybe, what if he decides he's coming back and does it by creating a Twitter account and then tweeting out just the gif of the Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not leaving, and that's it. And it's Coach K verified, and then he comes back and coaches one more season to make a run at the championship, and that's how he ends his career. Because I'm, ho I'm not hoping for this to happen because I want to see him be done completely, but who knows? I'm saying it now, so if it does happen, which of course, like, yeah, of course it could. He'll start a Twitter account for sure. Then I'll have it on record. Well, I mean, if, if you end up being right on that, I hope that you can lay some money. And Is there win. odds on this? I need odds yeah. on this. Well, there's odds on everything, right? There's odds that I'm going to breathe oxygen in the next 20 minutes somewhere. But like what I would say to that, though, is I just I don't think there's any chance. And I think that's what makes it so good is everything right. was geared towards this year. This was the goodbye tour. This was the victory lap. This was, you know, the end all be all for that guy every away game he went to it was his last coach k's last stop at miami coach k's last stop at this place like everything was geared towards what this season would be and look duke not that long ago missed the tournament entirely i i don't i don't think he would ever flirt with coming back largely because he plays the one and done game and a lot of these yeah, guys on the duke team are going to be gone van kiro might have solidified himself as the number one pick in the nba draft he's a 610 big who's a difficult matchup for threes because he's too big and he's too agile and athletic for a lot of fours, that dude might have got himself the number one pick in the draft with this tournament run. And I think if Coach K was to even entertain that notion, um, it'd, be, it'd be too risky. It could end up so much worse. As difficult as it was to lose to Carolina, at least you got to a Final Four. At least you got to a spot where you were playing for a championship appearance. He could very well be a one-and-done in the tournament next year because he plays that recruiting game. I'll say this. Did you notice... This is what I loved almost as much as watching Duke lose. Did you notice the handshake between him and Hubert Davis? I mean, that was maybe oh, yeah. the shortest handshake I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. No, he did not do the etiquette of, of stare the person in the face. Nice, strong, firm grip hand. No, no, no. This was a <laughs> get me out of here handshake. Like, I am going to, he should have been like, oh, no, I'm afraid of germs. That's how he should have played that. And then, yeah. rather than that, like just anything to not a handshake like that. Also, his hair looking great, totally natural. That's what I'd yeah. say about Coach The whole the whole look, the optics, I would say D minus Coach K for your final game. Just awful. I, see, I'm not saying I want him to come back because I'm glad he's gone. But it would be something if he did decide to come back. Oh, man, it, it would be the number one news breaking story you could put out there. Um, his whole but now his final game is this. Yeah, that's what I'm well, never, he's got to live with that. So, and nevertheless, karma. Lucy, that's karma, baby. Thank you. Thankfully for for people like you and I, he is done. He is gone. Coach K eliminated North Carolina to the championship. Um, we'll talk very, very briefly, very briefly, because as Lucy said, snooze fest between Kansas Villanova. Um, thankfully, Duke UNC was the second game, but we have a championship matchup: Kansas North Carolina. We'll get Zach Kroll on. We'll get his thoughts on that. Lucy, you and I will dive into that. Give you some numbers of what the uh, odds are saying right now as that game gets ready for tomorrow. We'll dive into NFL over-unders, the Masters pick, and Major League Baseball. we got a loaded show. A lot to get you back to the future's back on the BetQL Network. 
It's Chelsea Messenger helping you bet smarter on the daily tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app and search BetQL to beat the books. Your home for wagertainment is the BetQL Network. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on The Bet. When I play games with people, board games, darts, different card games, I like, I learn the rules and ask pointed questions about the rules so like I can see like, like how can I like push this to increase my win probability up? Best possible strategy. The best possible strategy. Like, like what, what will bring my win probability? Like if I play Monopoly, I have a certain strategy when I play Monopoly to increase, increase my win probability that people may not know about. And this annoys people that I do this because I'm trying to win. But this is like with sports betting, what's what's important, what you're talking about. Like, you're going to bet on this thing. And I, and I didn't bet that particular contest, but you got to know what the rules are. Like, right. you know what the rules like, are, this strategy? is really going to help you because other people aren't paying right. attention to this stuff. You better you bet 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. I'm Listening Daily, brought to you by Genomind. Here's licensed therapist Dr. Chris Donahue on taking steps to reach out. I want people to be proactive, and that means not waiting until you're really feeling bad in terms of mood or mental health before you take some of the action steps that we consistently are talking about. So I love the idea of us starting our day, setting self-care goals, and making one of them to reach out to a multitude of people to deal with their own loneliness, but also to check in on them. Now, having said that, I also want people to know that emotions can be infectious. So check in on your own sense of how do I feel in some of these conversations, because it is okay to let someone know on the other end. Hey, listen, I'm starting to feel a little flooded or a little overwhelmed or anxious. Can we start talking about something a little more lighthearted, funny, or joyful? I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind Mental Health Map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your mental health map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. HBO's Hard Knocks will feature the Detroit Lions. Love it or fade it. Well, we all know we'll love Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks. But love it or fade it quickly, Chelsea. The Lions will improve on a 3-13-1 season. Yeah, I think so. Just because it's really difficult to be that bad again. Uh, Jared Goff is a viable option. Like, he's not going to win MVP or anything. But still, I think they can win some games. Yeah, I think they will. Absolutely. The one thing that impressed me most about the Lions last season is that they never quit. Even they get blown out one week, they would come back the next week and fight. That's all you can ask for from a young team. So when I see that, it tells me they believe in Dan Campbell. They like Dan Campbell. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I've already said a few times on this show, I really think that the Lions have a chance to be, like, a decent team and vie for a playoff spot. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in. Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network. Hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday evening, a wonderful weekend of sports. Lucy and I just dove into Duke, North Carolina. North Carolina getting the win and beating Duke in the Final Four. First time those two programs have ever met 
in the NCAA tournament, and it ends up being Coach K's last game ever losing to the North Carolina Tar Heels. One game we didn't talk about, and what we're going to do here is we're going to dive in a little bit to this title game matchup. Uh, Zach Crow will hop on with us in a few minutes, but uh, I want to dive into this with you, Lucy. First of all, you mentioned it, uh, Kansas Villanova. I got to be honest, I, I, I wasn't surprised, but what I would say is, Lucy, all week, you know, people like us had talked and heard nothing but Justin Moore is out for Villanova. This game might get ugly. Many people leaning towards Kansas minus the four. And there was that, that, that part of my brain that wanted to push back and say, well, Bill Self and Kansas have had let down spots before, you know, Villanova hanging around, who knows, they can make it a free throw game. Gillespie's really good. And Kansas from start to finish absolutely waxed Villanova in that first final four game. You mentioned it. You said it. You said snooze fest. Uh, I got to be honest. Half. I don't even think, Lucy, I don't even think I watched half of that game. That's how bad no. that game was. I had no interest in it. It was very poor television, I think. And I think because of that, I think a lot of people were on Kansas. I was on Kansas. Had just a feeling about them. Like, this is, they're going to win this game. My guy Remy Martin came through. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, that that game was not the tension-filled. UNC Duke was just built to be tension-filled. And I think a part of that, too, was that was the, the like, main event of the day that was this was just the appetizer to the absolute main course of all college basketball main courses in duke unc so people were watching this game to like pass the time until that showdown happened so it was kind of like yeah this game happened and now we're you know one of the teams will go to the national championship like that's the fanfare was was much more downplayed then the final seconds of Duke UNC, which I still feel my stomach flip-flopping watching those final seconds tick down, did not have that feeling in Kansas Villanova one bit. No, no, that game that game was over about at, right after the tip. I mean, Kansas oh, yeah. controlled the first half. They dominated the second half. Let's let's get to the title game. This is the game that people care about, right? I'm, I'm curious, Lucy, your initial thoughts on the title game. Kansas has been one of the favorites all season long. They've been playing very consistent basketball. And now they get the red-hotted, eight-seeded North Carolina Tar Heels uh, that have somehow found themselves in the championship. Should be noted, we we you you gave me a lot of credit on my my bracket early on as this thing oh, was yeah. going. Uh, if we go back and look at my bracket, I had UNC losing to Marquette in the first game. So genius that I am. Oh good. Uh, you've got eight seed against the one seed. Jayhawks right now uh, on every book four point favorites. On some books, you can get it at four and a half. And the over-under right now is at 152 and a half. Uh, I'm personally, I'm on UNC plus the four, and I'm on the over. Um, I know you're going to give us some notes here on the over-under, but uh, that's kind of where I lie. Where do you lie on this matchup? Well, so I am on UNC Moneyline. I initially thought UNC Moneyline, Kansas minus four, but I'm not sure. And you talked me out of this. That's the best idea. So I'm going UNC Moneyline, but if I had to pick a spread, you uh, bet UNC. I'm going with the under here. I think this is going to be a good defensive matchup and the BetQL model is on the under. So I like that. That's a good reason to take it. So yeah, I'm going with the under here too. And UNC is the team that killed Coach K. How do you stop rooting for them now? I'm I, Even though they, they've already won their championship, I am all in on UNC to just make that push and win the national championship and rub it right in Coach K's face. Yeah, I mean, you said it in the last segment, maybe there's an element of UNC feeling like the pressure's gone for them as yeah. weird as that might seem to be. Cause you, 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 you know, UNC Duke final four championship on the line. Uh, what I would say though, to that is Kansas, like Kansas is terrifying. If you go through the, 
look through the matchups. I mean, you get Braun versus Black. You got Love versus Agbaji. You've got Harris Davis. You've got Manic Wilson. You've got Baycott Morkamic, uh, uh, McCormick. You, you've got you've got Remy Martin off the Remy bench. Martin. For Kansas. I mean, you you go through, and I almost wonder too, Lucy, if Remy Martin is an X factor here because I went through everybody else in the starting lineups with these two teams. Not great bench play for both squads. But Remy Martin, a guy that you kind of look at, and I know him very well from uh, his Arizona State days out here in Pac-12 country, uh, Remy Martin, and you mentioned him. I wonder if Remy Martin ends up being kind of the X factor of this game because of how evenly matched so many of these positions are. I mean, Agbaji versus Love is probably the matchups that NBA scouts are drooling over. Uh, we know Black and Braun's going to be a good one. Harris Davis um, is, is one that I'm really circling at the point guard position. And Baycott, I'd assume you give Baycott the, the advantage. He finished with 21 rebounds before he fouled out against Duke. So um, the matchups in this game are really interesting, and it leads me to wonder, is Remy Martin the X factor for the title game? That is true. He could be the X factor here, but if we're talking the all-name team, I absolutely have him as the it factor on there because he's my favorite name left. And Caleb Love is actually a pretty good name too. But wait, that's wait, true. You, wait, you think Remy Martin is a better name than Leaky Black? Oh, that's a good name. You know what? This might be Come a on. matchup of two great team names. Just name, like everything. Just, you know, what's a Tar Heel? You know, things like that. Like the name yeah. of the team itself, the name of the players. But I think that's actually a really good point. Like he could be an X Factor here in the end. And I think what this says about your bracket is you had still one of the best brackets in the country. And that's how poorly everyone else was doing and how poorly everyone else was predicting this. So that was not the worst thing on your bracket, probably. Or like the, your, your bracket was still in good shape, even with that right. on your bracket. No, no doubt. The, the other part of this game and this matchup that I wonder is, you know, you go through the personnel part. Um, Kansas, the way that Kansas was able to kind of handle Villanova, and as we mentioned, easily cover that four-point spread against the, the Wildcats. And given the emotional toll of what UNC faced and went against with Duke, I, I'm wondering if Kansas is going to come in this thing like, oh, okay, like nobody's going to talk about us. Everybody's talking today about Duke-UNC, Duke-UNC. Tomorrow, everybody's going to talk about Duke-UNC. Coach K got finished by the Tar Heels. Kansas waltzed right into that championship, the only one seed to do it. And now they're kind of just sitting there as probably, you know, in a lot of betters minds, because obviously the line is telling us Kansas is the favorite, but I think a lot of people are looking at Kansas as like almost an underdog in a way that like the value, despite them being the favorite, the value seems to be let's ride the hot hand of the eight seed. Whereas Kansas is like, Hey, we were largely unchallenged in that final four game against Villanova. We'll gladly walk into this thing thinking everybody's going to take, the dog in North Carolina and think that, Oh, North Carolina beat Duke. They should be able to pull the championship off as the first eight seed to win a title since 1985. I think Kansas is in the same way. North Carolina might going to be playing pretty free and loose in this matchup. Right. Cause they are the favorite, but are they underrated because they have, I mean, both teams have momentum, but I think UNC has so much momentum in that they just beat Duke. And I think emotions are a big part of that. But Kansas has no, the storyline is not the same. So we're looking at the storyline. And then so Kansas could come in and just like sneaky win the championship and do something to get them to talk about people to talk about Kansas again. Um, but they were like, you know, go up and slap somebody like at the Oscars, which happened minutes after we went off the air last week with the Chris Rock Will Smith thing. Um, so that that actually happened since the last time we talked. But um, they will think like, OK, no one's talking about us. We could come in and just 
take this championship from UNC, who could also maybe be playing lightly, or Kansas could take uh, UNC too lightly. There, there could be a lot. Of, there's a lot of mental stuff in this because of the games each one is coming off of. Kansas just kind of coasting a little, not coasting, but waltzing, and then UNC absolutely powerhousing through. Right. Right. Well, let's uh, let's bring in our super producer, Zach Kroll. He's Mr. College Basketball here on the BetQL uh, network. He loves college basketball. He watches it year long. And now we've gotten to the championship. Zach has been on with us throughout the NCAA tournament. So, Zach, nice to have you hop back on, my man. First of all, let me just start with this. Uh, your thoughts as a better and let the let the audience know who you bet and where you bet. Your thoughts on that uh, Duke-UNC matchup in the Final Four, getting us to the championship of Kansas-UNC? Yeah, I was actually on North Carolina, and it was a great time, a great game uh, that really lived up to the hype. So so many times when you have a game uh, that's hyped up to this magnitude, it doesn't always live up to it, but in this case, it really did. And really throughout the week going into the game, my feeling was – I don't want to bet against this North Carolina team right now. I think that from the start of the tournament to right now, they've been playing so well. And it's interesting because they're such a talented team, but they're an eight seed for a reason. They really underachieved throughout the regular season, but they've been playing great in the tourney. One other thing I'll say about Kansas, which is interesting, I think the first couple rounds, the first couple games they've played, they caught a couple breaks playing a Creighton team that was missing their top big man, playing Providence when they couldn't hit a shot. But the last three halves of basketball they've played, the 40 minutes against Villanova yesterday and the second half against Miami has been really impressive. So I will get both of these teams, and I think we could get a, a classic game tomorrow night. I'm really excited. What do you think of the total? Would you go over or under on this? Because we are split. Uh, what, what's the number again? Say? 150, 152 and a half. I, I, I'm leaning the under, but it could really go either way. A lot of times, you know, the word is, oh, it's a dome. Uh, teams don't always shoot well in the dome. But Kansas, especially in their game yesterday, they couldn't miss. Oshai Abaji uh, hit six threes to start off the game. And I don't think, like, one of his shots even hit the net. He was perfect on every shot. And uh, I'm curious to see if that, like, I don't know if that shooting uh, luck is going to continue for Kansas. Well, I think the overs in both those games ended up hitting mainly because of the mm -hmm. offense of these two teams. And I, you know, the dome factor is always a, a thing. I had a buddy go to a North Carolina, Oregon game a couple of years ago in Phoenix when they played that in Glendale. And he said, it's unbelievable to see a basketball court in a football stadium. And you can understand that when we watch these games, I mean, I think of Duke Butler a few years ago when clank, 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 it's just miss, miss, miss. And it's because you're, you're looking at vision points that are so much different, the depth of those stadiums versus the arenas these teams play in. But I think we're talking about two really high-powered offenses in North Carolina and Kansas. Zach, where in this matchup, give me the, the, the matchup for you as we ran down the starting lineup of these two teams. I said Remy Martin might be an X factor. Give me the matchup you're most circling, and you say, if UNC wins this or Kansas wins this, this is what's going to maybe decide that game because there's a lot of even matchups when you look down uh, these two teams. Yeah, I think there are two in particular. Number one is down low, Baycott versus McCormick. Yesterday yeah. was probably the best game I've ever seen uh, David McCormick play in a Kansas uniform. And obviously, like, they're playing Villanova, whose big man is 6'8". Baycott is seven foot, a rebounding machine. So that's going to be interesting. And also, Baycott had the injury scare last night. Uh, he left the game, left the playing surface for a little bit, came back, and he just said, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to come back and play for my team. I think that's one. And the other one is Oshai Abaji and Leaky Black. 
Leaky is UNC's best defender. I think he did a good job on Paolo yesterday, did the best he could. And when it comes to Abaji, he played, he's been playing really well the last two games, but with him, it's interesting. He's a star player, a national uh, player of the year candidate, but he needs plays drawn up for him. He's not a guy to just create off the dribble by himself. That's why Remy Martin has been such a big X factor for Kansas because he could do that. And I look at North Carolina on the other side, and I know that Caleb Love, he's not afraid to take any shot at any, at any time, and neither is Brady Manick and neither is R.J. Davis. So that's one thing I'm looking at is Kansas's scores, Christian Brown as well, are they going to be – are they going to want to shoot it and take shots in the big moment because I know UNC can't? Do you think UNC should still have a parade if they lose? Because <laughs> they beat Duke. <laughs> I don't know about a parade. Have you ever seen that know? happen? Have you ever yeah. seen that happen in college basketball? No, that is college not going to happen, Lucy. Come on. Yeah, probably no parade, but they'll be, they'll, they will never forget it. And I don't know if Duke could ever trump them in the rivalry – uh, that these last two wins by North Carolina going in to uh, on coach K night into Cameron indoor stadium and winning combined with last night. Like if you're a UNC fan, I don't know if it could get much better than that. Oh no. I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Like that was the other part of that, that I, I think from a sports fan angle, we have to remember they have the ultimate Trump card. Now they, like there is nothing that Duke can do to ever top the fact that UNC the first time they played beat them in the final four on coach K's last game like that. They're not going to have a parade if they lose that title game, but they damn, they damn sure had a parade last night after they beat Duke at Chapel Hill. If you go look up any image or video, it was a madhouse in Chapel Hill at the bar scene all over that city. So yes, the sports fan of me can't help but think, that's the ultimate trump card, and there's nothing Duke can do about that. Forever going to be the UNC over Duke rivalry. Definitely. They have an eternal parade. Is what yeah, you they do. have an eternal just, parade. Just celebrate internally. Uh, yeah. Zach, really, really quick, Zach, what's your, what's your pick? Where, where are you leaning? What's your pick for the title game? So I'm leaning North Carolina, not only to cover, but to win. And I just can't can't bet against these guys right now. And that emotional letdown possible that you mentioned, we saw it last year with Gonzaga, right? They come out and beat UCLA, that crazy Jalen Suggs half-court buzzer beater. And then the next game against Baylor, the Bears punched them in the mouth and it was over. I think North Carolina, just they've been playing so well throughout the tournament. They'll be ready for this. An interesting note, though, Kansas has played in the last two national championship games in New Orleans, and they've lost both, Syracuse in 2003 and also in 2012 against Kentucky. That's the 10-year anniversary, same uh, arena. I'm curious to see if Bill Self, if he has some uh, revenge on his mind. So that's the one angle I'm a little worried about, but I'm, I'm going to take North Carolina. All that's right, a great stat. Yeah, that is a Leave great stat. Zach. You find these great we'll, stats. We'll see if history repeats itself. Zach Kroll, our super producer, good stuff on college basketball on Twitter, at Zach Kroll. Z-A-C-K-R-U-L-L. Give them a follow. All right, coming up next, we're going to have a hodgepodge of things. We're going to run through our Masters picks and some notes, some baseball predictions as well, and some NFL over-unders. Back to the Futures, back on the BetQL Network. Michael Jenkins here. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, along with BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight only on the BetQL Network.
Here's Michael Phelps on finding change within yourself. I can say as an athlete, you know, I think we're supposed to be these big macho men. You know, that's part of what makes us who we are. So so we compartmentalize that and we stuff it away and we don't talk about it. It's not healthy to, to carry something like that through life. And, you know, in, in, in 2014, I just came to the point where I was sick and tired of carrying it through my life and, and I wanted to find change. And, and, and that really, I guess, for me, forced me to become vulnerable. You know, for me, that was just something that I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to finding that vulnerability because I wanted to see change. I wanted to see what else I could go, you know, what else I could do to help me. I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind mental health map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your mental health map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on The Bet. Should I do a cameo and get paid like 20 bucks like to say like, hey, it's Nick Costos from You Better You Bet. Happy birthday. Honestly, just maximize whatever revenue streams you have at your disposal. Uh, whatever they whatever they are. Hey, Jimmy, just want to wish your dad a happy it's me, Nick Costos. Wish, wish you a happy birthday. Wishing you minimal sweats, winning bets, and the best year of your life. And That's the best year of your life. Bad. You, gotta, you already got that locked up. That's actually not bad. Okay, well, now you got to do it. Nah, I'm good. If anyone's, if anyone's curious, I'm good too, but no one's curious. <laughs> Are you, are you sure about that? I feel like yes. Oh, 100% sure. And I, I love you for thinking that of me. I really do. <laughs> but all right. You better you bet 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. HBO's Hard Knocks will feature the Detroit Lions. Love it or fade it, well, we all know we'll love Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks. But love it or fade it quickly, Chelsea, the Lions will improve on a 3-13-1 season. Yeah, I think so. Just because it's really difficult to be that bad again. Uh, Jared Goff is a viable option. Like, he's not going to win MVP or anything. But still, I think they can win some games. Yeah, I think they will. Absolutely. The one thing that impressed me most about the Lions last season is that they never quit. Even they get blown out one week, they would come back the next week and fight. That's all you can ask for from a young team. So when I see that, it tells me they believe in Dan Campbell. They like Dan Campbell. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I've already said a few times on this show, I really think that the Lions have a chance to be, like, a decent team and vie for a playoff spot. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, we wrap things up here. Back to the Futures here on the uh, BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. If you catch the podcast, wherever you get it, thank you for tuning in. Um, we have we did a lot of diving into college basketball, obviously, with the Final Four, North Carolina beating Duke and Kansas beating Villanova. So we have a championship matchup tomorrow. 620 Pacific. So shout out to me and shout out to you, Ports app, that 920 at night you get to watch the national championship game on TBS. That's going to be fun. This is where the time difference really comes in handy because these late games are unbearable. Even the game last night to start at 9 p.m. is absolutely outrageous. And that's where baseball season is going to be tough because those games that start at 10 o'clock, absolutely outrageous to start a basketball game at this time. But we press on. So congrats to you on the time zone. 
It's, uh, you know, the two things we have over you guys, we have better beaches and we've got the better time zone. You guys have more sports and more psychotic sports fans. So I'll give you the edge there. We got to run through a couple things. Yeah. Run through a couple (laughs) hodgepodge things here. It's kind of a mismatch of uh, a segment. Let's start. The Masters is Thursday for some of you golf aficionados out there. The odds are out. Everybody's got the, you know, who's your, who's your pick. We got some great news. Tiger Woods might be on the prowl. He said he will be a game time decision on whether or not he'll play. And yes, the odds are out for one LT Gray. Currently at plus 4,000 to win, plus 700 to finish top five, and plus 330 to finish top 10. These odds via DraftKings. Um, Lucy, how excited does Tiger Woods potentially playing in the Masters get you for the Masters? Pretty excited because the, Tiger Woods is like a Tom Brady. I know everything goes back to Brady, but he has transcended generations. So to still be able to watch Tiger in a Masters is like, well, this is this is comforting a little bit, but I don't know how well he will do. And to watch him not do so well after he broke his legs in one of the most horrific car accidents I've ever seen, and that many of us have ever seen, that he, for some amazing reason, survives and is now able to play golf again, which is absolutely incredible. I'm super hyped to see him play. This is, this is outstanding. Everything that he has been through, some of it his own doing, but the, everything that, that he has gone through and is now still playing, uh, incredible. That's incredible. So hyped for this. Uh, I'll tell you right now, just from the betting perspective, because I'm a I'm an admitted Tiger groupie. Tiger Woods, you know, he captivated me at a younger age, and he is the reason that I like golf. I'm starting to love golf because I'm I'm addicted to playing the sport, even though I'm awful. I'll tell you, on the betting side of this, Tiger Woods is a sucker bet. It's an absolute sucker bet. You're telling me Tiger Woods has better odds than Shane Lowry, Tyrell Hatton, (laughs) Sam Burns, and Paul Casey. It's ridiculous. If you want to bet Tiger to feel good about it, cool, go ahead. I wouldn't lay a dollar on Tiger Woods. I actually think Tiger's going to play. And if if he doesn't, okay. But if he does, I think Tiger's going to end up playing like one round and then bow out physically because his leg's killing him. I think it's an achievement just the fact that he's entertaining the notion of playing, given what we saw uh, from that crash. I'll I'll ask you this, because I do want to get to some NFL over-unders here. You have an NFL note you want to throw out, and then we'll wrap up with some baseball thoughts. Um, Do you have a pick for the Masters? How do you you bet the Masters? Because I bet it one of two ways. I'll lay a couple bucks on one player, but when when you bet on golf, I've always told people golf is maybe the best sport to live bet. And the cool thing about golf is you get groupings that you can bet on. So you get three golfers, for example, on the DraftKings app, and you can pick whatever group you like of three golfers, and they give you pretty juicy odds that one of those three guys ends up winning. So what do you do? Are you a single golf better? Do you bet pairings? How do you bet golf, Lucy? Single golf better. And whenever I look at the odds list, my eyes always go to Justin Thomas for okay. some reason. Well, because it always seems like he has value. And yep. why not? He could win it. So Justin Thomas is generally my pick. Not so much John Rom because there's not as much value there. But Justin Thomas, I always that's where my first pick generally. Okay. Justin Thomas is a good pick. Right now he has the third best odds. He's tied with the third best odds to win the Masters. You mentioned John Rom is right now the favorite. The top three right. are Rom, Scotty Scheffler, who many may or may not know is the world's number one player, and JT. And the guy I'm going to go with to lay a couple bucks on just a one-player bet, Cameron Smith. He's at tied with Justin Thomas at plus 1,400. Uh, he won the unofficial fifth major championship a couple weeks back. 
He's the number uh, number five putter in the world, and he's the number one wedge player in the world. So those are both important things to keep track of heading into Augusta. I looked at some group pairings here, and I love the group bets that you can make. Uh, Rom, Rory, and Victor Hovland together to Ooh. win is plus 340. Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, or, or Xander Shoffley, excuse me, and Patrick Cantlay is plus 650. Those are two pairings that I'm going to lay a couple bucks on. Um, and we'll good. see if any one of those golfers can win the Masters Championship this week. I do love Rory. So yeah, I always I always like watching. Cantlay also great. Yeah. So it's, a, it's just your, that's what she said right in front of you. <laughs> Cam Smith. Cam Smith, my pick. Uh, Lucy, yours is JT. So the Masters is underway. We may or may not have Tiger Woods this week. We'll find out. He says he's a game time decision. I'm pretty excited for it. I could talk about the Masters for an hour. But I know we have other things, more pressing issues to get to. But some of you golf aficionados out there, uh, happy Masters week. This is one of the greatest weeks in sports. Hello, friends. Uh, Can't wait to see the action down in Augusta. A tradition unlike any other. Yes, it is. And I love that. And so I love watching for the ambiance. It's like going to the spa. Watching the Masters is like going to the spa with the birds and the flowers and the pimento sandwiches, which they have at every spa, of course. But no, the the ambiance is is unparalleled. Masters, is it's a great watch. My radio co-host out here got to go to the Masters a couple years ago, the year before Tiger won. And he told me that... uh, you actually go to Augusta and it's nothing like what the golf course is. In fact, he said the golf course is very misleading of what Augusta, Georgia is really like. Uh, but again, he said it's one of the greatest venues he's ever been to or seen in his life. Uh, Lucy, that. we got baseball starting up. We'll get to that in just a second. I want to run through some of these NFL over-unders. Um, I'll, I'll run down some of the favorites here because you got a lot of teams with the same amount of win totals as each other. The Bills, the Bucks, the Packers. Over under 11 and a half wins. The Cowboys, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Rams, Niners are in the next group at 10 and a half wins. And then the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, your New England Patriots, the Arizona Cardinals, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Colts and Titans are all at nine and a half. Um, if you've seen the list of over unders, is there a team that I just mentioned there or a team you're eyeing that you're leaving over or under? as we talk about this on April 3rd. Oh, yes. So the New England Patriots, I'm going under on their win total. I don't trust this team one bit to reach the over on that win total. They have not shown. I mean, yeah, they won over last year. But this year, I don't know. I I look at the rest of the AFC, and it's an absolute monster. And that scares me a little bit. So with the Patriots facing who they're facing – and the way the landscape of the the conference is right now, I'm going under on that win total because Mac Jones is a very young quarterback. I know he he did a lot of great things last season. He almost beat Tom Brady. He made it to the playoffs. Impressive. But that last game, I, I think I've said this before, terrible optics. So they have to prove themselves before I could safely say they're going to hit the over this season. I'm okay. a little mad about it. I, I'm a little surprised you're taking the under on New England. I thought you were going to hit the over on that one. I'll tell you right now, I am taking the under on the Packers and the Bucks. I think that's too many Ooh. wins to expect 12. Um, I, I'm not seeing that. I don't see, what was it, 12 and 5 now with 17 games. I'm going to take the under on both of those. I'll give you one note. I didn't mention them. Pittsburgh's seven and a half. Mike Tomlin's never finished below 500 in his career. That could come to a head. 
but I tend to still somehow trust Mike Tomlin. I, I think I kind of want to lean the over with Pittsburgh because every year we think, oh, this is the year they won't do it, and then they somehow do it. I'm going to take that Pittsburgh can somehow surprise people and win eight games. That was one team that really Ooh. jumped out to me. I also like Minnesota's overwin total, mainly because I picked Minnesota to win the NFC, uh, and they're eight and a half as well. So there's two I NFL also, teams. I want the Browns to go as under as possible. I'm hoping they win one or two games. Ah, I was wondering what you were going, and then I like, I'm like, oh yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yes, Deshaun wants it. I hope he never wins another game in his life. So yes. yes, maybe and, one or two. That would be fantastic. Well, hey, look, you like to you like to lay some bets, lay some action on the under of Cleveland's win total, and put some good karma out there. Uh, exactly. Major League Baseball, it is uh, starting up on Thursday as well. We get the Masters and Major League Baseball. What a week for us as sports fans. Is April the best sports month? Is my question. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, because Lucy, we get NFL football in months September, October, November, December. Uh, that's true. But and you have the Masters, the start of base. It's not the best sports month as an attending fan if you're attending a sporting event because the weather, especially here, is terrible. In Boston, terrible. In the Northeast, absolutely dreadful. And we're, I mean, a Packers game in the winter is also terrible. So, yes, you know, it depends. Yes. It does depend. But a lot of people say April is the best sports month. I would have to think about that one, but the Masters is up there for a lot of people. It is. Major League Baseball, your beloved Red Sox, are they going to do it this year? Were you laying a futures bet on the Boston Red Sox? I am. Red Sox plus two, two what are they, 2,200 uh, to win yeah. the World Series. I, was, I know okay. the number. I just was trying to think of how to say it. Yes, Red Sox will win the World Series. They will win the AL East. I have them winning the AL East at plus 550. Freddie Freeman, NL MVP, plus 1,200. And Shohei Otani, AL MVP at plus 400. Otani I would get right now because those odds are going to get shorter. Trust me. So Otani, AL MVP right now. But Red Sox World Series 2,200 right now doing it. Um, I'm still waiting to kind of navigate how I want to go through some of the picks for the futures bets here on Major League Baseball. And we'll have more with you next week on Major League Baseball stuff. I'll give you one real quick. It's a bit biased because I'm a Braves fan, but bear with me here. Austin Riley plus 2,500 to win the NL MVP award. I thought he was a top three candidate last year. And now Freddie Freeman has gone to LA. Matt Olson has replaced him. was a really good player. And Acuna is coming back. But I think, Austin Riley's got great odds, plus 2,500 NL MVP. That's a futures ticket I'm hoping to cash this year. I um, like it. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, a lot that we just discussed there. Golf, so baseball, much. NFL. April, if, and if not the best sports month, it's the most packed, maybe. It's, it's pretty up there it's in terms packed. of having a lot of action and a lot of things to gamble on. Major League Baseball starting this week. We will dive more into that coming up next week. We'll give you our thoughts from the National Championship game. Kansas, North Carolina tomorrow on Monday. If you listen to the podcast, maybe that game's already been played. And we'll dive into some more NFL notes coming up next week. For Lucy Burge, I'm Brandon Sprague. This has been Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. We'll talk to you next week. Ryan Horvath, download the free Odyssey app to watch and listen to Quentin Mayo, Trista Crick, and me on BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, plus the daily tip, BetQL Daily, and You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network.